podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. The Celtic Exchange. A fresh insight on Celtic Football Club. Tony Ralston, you complete me. What a boy. Celtic 2, Ross County 1, and it's Ralston with a, a 97th, maybe 98th minute winner uh, to send the Celtic fans absolutely nuts, and rightfully so. Um, it was a game we didn't look like we were going to get it, but brilliant to see that in the end. This is Tino, this is the Celtic Exchange final whistle. I'm joined here by James. James, what about it? I would just like to take this opportunity to apologise to my neighbours. I went absolutely bananas there. What, what a goal, what a time to get it. Going against all the adversity that was piled up against us there in the last 20 minutes, half an hour. Uh, just absolutely buzzing. Yeah, and absolutely delighted for Tony Ralston. We all know how much Celtic means to him, how much a, you know, a fan he is. And he will be high as a kite on the road back to Dingwall tonight, and rightfully so. Uh, we were up against it. It is a real tall order, and to get... Any sort of win the other night was a priority, and we've done that, so absolutely magic. What we'll do, we'll go back to <laughs> right to the start of the night, we'll look at the lineup. there's a whole lot uh, between the you know the first whistle and when Tony gets that winner, so we'll cover the lineup first of all. James, listen, we knew we were up against it coming into the game, no Kyogo, no Jota, no James Forrest, no Mikey Johnson, no Jack Amakis for backup, you name it, there was all sorts of guys missing, we knew it was going to be a, a sketchy lineup. Uh, and ultimately, I think the lineup came out about an hour and a half before kickoff, and we've seen that Juranovic was up top, or, or up on the right-hand side, a badder through the middle, which a lot of folk, I think yourself included, James, had been crying out for, uh, and Montgomery up on the left-hand side. What did you think? I suppose the other surprise, sorry, I should mention, is Scales coming in at left-back, maybe a bit too many games too soon for Taylor. So what did you think of the lineup? certainly pre-match, you know, before we get into how they all done? How did you feel when that came out? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know where... Taylor is in, in my own analysis of as a player, so I, I think him and Scales can alternate there. Maybe I feel slightly less about that after the performance today. Um, Beaton is your is your anchor. He can do the job. It's a different game when Beaton's in, in there and McGregor isn't, and Rogic isn't there. And Montgomery, I don't think he's ready for this level of football yet. I think I wanted to see a badder there, and he took his goal really well. Not maybe much in the, else in the way of what he could do, not much supply. So the the lineup, yeah, I, I was happy enough with it. But you, you know, when you start losing guys like Rogic, on top of what you've already lost, your creativity is, is certainly hampered. Well, there's a thing. So I also failed to mention that Rogic, of course, didn't start. I think he's played the last two ninety minutes before tonight. Um, I have to say, and I did tweet, I was disappointed not to see him start. I know it's a lot of minutes for him, but I would rather start stronger and see if you can see out the game than. I mean, we, we rolled the dice with Rogic with about I don't know fifteen minutes to go and. We'll get into this in a wee moment, but I was disappointed not to see him start, but do you, can you see the rationale with the cup final coming up? I don't think it is that. I think they're just taking the lead from <clears throat> from the medical team and they're saying he's got this much in him for this particular this particular time, so put him on front end or back end, it's, it's up to yourself, but that's the minutes you'll get out of him today, based on his fitness and his stats and all that stuff, so I don't think it was with uh, an iron Sunday at all. Yeah. Just have a very quick look at the subs as well. You've got Bain as your sub goalie, Taylor... Welsh, Liam Shaw, the aforementioned Rodic, Owen Moffat and Ewan Henderson. It's as light as it gets, isn't it? We're back to that kind of bench again, where it's... But, but then you, you've just rhymed off, you know, Forrest, Johnson, Jota, Kyogo, 
Ajeti, uh, Giacomakis. So those those guys didn't play, and if they weren't first team, all of them would be on the bench. Yeah. You know, so or not all of them, but all the creativity. Yeah, but, but definitely really stretched. So I mean, getting into the early exchanges, I thought we were a bit disjointed to start with. We couldn't really find our rhythm and, and struggle to get out. And actually, I think we spent the first few minutes in our own half, by and large. But bit by bit, Celtic began to take over, and you know, we'll get to the goal soon enough. But what do you think, just of the the first half in general and the the control Celtic had? I think they get caught on the hop. I think there's a wee bit of default that we wouldn't become at in the first, you know, 85 minutes. So the first 10 minutes we can start to get our shape, settle into a rhythm and then build. But Malky Mackay set them up to come at us and that, I think that did catch Celtic by surprise. I don't think it would have caught Ange by surprise, but it seemed to catch the players by surprise and it took them a bit of time to find rhythm after yeah. that. And do you think that's, you know, credit to Mackay for doing so? Not Absolutely. a lot. Not a lot of teams have done it. Yeah. So yeah, they did come at us and at certain times you definitely seen this high, intense pressing of the Celtic backline. Yeah. And, and why wouldn't you? Because you can still see, you know, outside looking in, you can see that we're still not 100% comfortable with this playing out from the back. And given, you know, the fact that we didn't have our full personnel to call upon, he's right to have a go in it. And, you know, he's nearly got something out of it tonight. Yeah, and add in a really tight pitch and they're playing that pressing game and you've not got the personnel that you're, you're used to. It's, it's going to be hard. So, yeah, I think Mackay deserves great credit. And you have to say, he almost got his spoils for it. You know, you'll feel real, really disappointed not to go away with, you know, a point there at least. As much as I think on balance Celtic were worthy of their win, Mackay set up a team to come at us and it's it's great to see managers doing that because you get to see a game of football instead of this turgid nonsense that we've been seeing from, I won't even mention them, but many other teams. Yeah, yeah, fair play. Um, so let's get to the goal. So 20 minutes in, it's Abada, so obviously, you know, tonight's number nine. Um, and it's a really decent goal from a Celtic point of view. I think there's some patient build-up play. Um, McGregor and Montgomery, I think, exchange a couple of passes. Then Scales makes a brilliant run. He bombs it, I think, from a, a central position, diagonally, to get himself wide. McGregor finds him. He squared it across, and it's a, it's a tap-in, effectively. It's a textbook and goal. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he's squared it across, but it's first time as well. No touch, just he, he knew where his striker was. He knew where he needed to be to make his run. McGregor spots it, gets him, gets it across. Uh, you know, didn't have much to do about it, but whatever he had to do, he had to do absolutely right, and he and he did. So that's why why I wanted to see him in that central position because I think he's the kind of guy that can score those kind of goals, and, and he very much did. Yeah, tucked it away nicely, and, and at that point you're quite comfy. You know, Celtic have made a number of chances uh, after that. You know, I've got McGregor curling one from the edge of the box, Beaton's. Well, Beaton's done a knuckleball free kick, which actually hasn't gone anywhere. Free kicks aren't, need to talk about the free aye, kicks. Free kicks aren't Jeez, a, a strong man. point for us. I think we're all just saying, do you fancy a turn? Do you, do you want to do it? I've, I've hit the wall a couple of times. Do you want to go? Tom Boyd said, oh, dangerous free kick. That's Turnbull range. I was like, what yeah. are you worried about? We're get, actually, we had, I would say, four or five tonight, edge of the box, and it's actually taken until Juranovic's one late on to really test the goalkeeper. Yeah. Everything else is hitting the wall. There was one where McGregor in the second half has laid it off to Turnbull to then hit the wall rather than really all that. And is, I do think we lack creativity there. Listen, maybe there's just no time to work on these things. Maybe there's so much going on just now where game to game and Ange has spoken about it, it's all recovery. Um, but listen, we'll get to it soon enough. The defending for the goal we've conceded is also woeful. Yeah. So set pieces for and against. We need to get better. We will get better. But at the moment, there's still a cause for concern. Um Another thing I've noted and it is important, Carter Vickers, his knee's all strapped up. I've noticed it myself, it's full of rock tape, aye. Callum McGregor's got the, the handle strapped up, don't know if he's been boxing at the weekend, I'm not sure, but 
there's various guys that are kind of patched together. You can see the guys aren't, you know, 100%. And anytime somebody goes down, Abada went down after a fairly heavy challenge. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a really heavy challenge on Juranovic on the edge of the box, which I thought was studs, a free kick. Studs, studs, studs right yeah. through him. And we just cannot afford to get anyone else no. injured. So that's a wee bit of a concern. But listen, thankfully... Tur- Turnbull took a head knock and you saw Ange going... What can I do? Got another one, you know. Yeah. So hopefully, we'll, you know, we'll wait to hear, you know, the, the real post-match and in the morning how they could all be, do. Could be a sore one. Yeah, but I think Touchwood, they all seem to be okay. But yeah, so, you know, first half, generally speaking, fairly happy. I do think we overcooked it a few times. We found ourselves in the final third and the pass wasn't quite right, whether it was from Abada, Juranovic, McGregor, Turnbull. We lacked a cutting edge. And listen, I understand it's a, you know, a makeshift side, but... These guys, you know, these guys aren't kids. Juranovic is a creation international. McGregor, captain. David Turnbull played a lot of football. These guys should have more composure in the final third. So, if I'm being hypercritical, and I'm going to be, I think they've got to do better there at times. We talk about Celtic's ability to change defence and attack and <clears throat> how quickly they can do that. When they don't do that, when they take that, and unfortunately Montgomery's going to catch it here. Montgomery was very guilty of taking that, that backward pass. All you're doing is letting that second bank of five get up right in front of you. And then that's so, so difficult to play through. It's either do it really, really fast or find some new approach because passing it through 10 guys, it's, you know, it's impossible. Yeah, I think you know when teams play a high press against us, it does present opportunity if we can you know, show the Absolutely. patience and the savvy, but it's high-risk football as well. High-risk, high-reward, but you know, it can be a wee bit tense at times. So we, weren't, we weren't exploiting that high press on us by... You know, the very fact that they can't then have 10 guys behind the ball if they've got five guys coming at their defence. Yeah, a couple of times we broke through the high press and then yeah. turned back on ourselves. so frustrating. Yeah. Anyway, so into the second half, <laughs> it was a wee bit more of the same in terms of we've created some chances. Turnbull's had a, a chip from the edge of the box, which is fairly unlucky, you know, 46, 47 yeah. minutes. Beaton's had a real chance to shoot from the edge of the box and he, I think he's ballooned it and you've got to hit target. It, it was rolled along the 18-yard box for him. Skills, yeah. And just at that point, I listen, we all feel similar from watch games, but you're thinking, are we just been a wee bit um, lackadaisical with these chances? Is this going to come back to bite us? And of course, it very nearly did. Um, just before their goal, and I do think their goal was coming. Did yeah, you feel that? Uh, yeah. That was my very comment. That was coming. Just before their goal, Tony Ralston's made an incredible tackle. He's basically just, you know, burst I got to slide in front of the guy to put out for the corner. You're yeah. thinking, brilliant, we've cleared the danger, we can move on. Then the corner comes in and we've just not dealt with it. I think ultimately the blame lies with scales. You know, the guy's got wrong side of him. And actually the guy's not even had to climb. I think he's kind of stooped and bundled it over. It was just there. But it's travelled a long way. Yeah. Why is it getting so far into our area? Because he's effectively finished it from the centre of the goals. Even goalie, I'd need to see it again to see. I mean, Hart's never usually shy about coming for stuff like that. But you think, you know, if it's coming that far, a goalie could, could get to it. You can actually roll it back a bit before Ralston's saving tackle. Scales, Scales doesn't clear his lines he then doesn't mark up at the throw-in that's how the ball comes in for Ralston to make his, make his block and that's where the corner comes from you said that you're getting very, very emotional, emotional. <coughs> and that's when Scales isn't marking his man when the ball comes in yeah. so yeah I mean I know they're not getting a lot of time in the training pitch but those are things that if you get half an hour just spend your time doing just that get, we've got to get better at that I also think you know you know, skills. I know he's come from League of Ireland, and you know, this is a step up from. But he'll be a guy who's defended numerous corners in his day. He Aye. knows you just pick your man, you stick with him, and you, you win the ball ahead of him. So mm. I thought it, just, it was a real disappointment to lose that goal. But I also felt it was coming, and I also felt at that point. So I've clocked it at fifty-seven minutes. Uh, Baldwin's got the goal for us, can't he? 
you're just thinking, I'm not sure if we're getting back in this. It's and a you, long way. You, you didn't see enough inspiration. It wasn't like we were peppering them with shots and efforts on goal. And I'm just wondering, you know, where the chance was going to come from. Um, and at that point, you know, they're continuing with their, their high press. They're not yeah, saying they came right as we're not we're not sitting in at one each and hoping for the best. Yeah. I think they smelt blood. I, I thought that was just was kind of praising Mackay there. I thought that was really impressive because when they get that equaliser, they could think right. Let's snuff it out, get a point. And they need a point, by the way. They're you know, in such terrible form. Yeah. A point would be a big point for them. But they went, no, no. We, like you say, we sense blood here. Let's let's go for it. So they came with that high press. But then Celtic should be saying, well, if you're coming out with high press, I'm then going to exploit it. And they did break those lines a couple of times again. Mm-hmm. And we didn't push up yeah. fast. And again, I think there's credit to Mackay for, for having a go. You yeah. know, just you know, showing a bit of character, him and his players. Um, but yeah, you know, they have come with that high press and that, that's put us under pressure. And actually at one point you're thinking, geez, we're one each and it's them that's, you know, they're winning corners they're and, after, and yeah. they're pressing on us. Around about 63 minutes, uh, Owen Moff has come in for Montgomery. Um, and listen, Ange hasn't got maybe too many options at that point. You would be crying out for, for Rogic. So it's an interesting one that he's brought the, the kid on before him. It's a bit like the Abada Kyogo instead of... Uh, Turnbull, Kyogo, it's that's Moffat's position, so he's not square peg round hole. And Moffat can play very naturally on either wing, and I think we we saw he didn't get that much of the ball, but what we did <coughs> get, we saw him coming in with the ball. Mm. I had a wee back and forth with a guy on Twitter. I think it was a guy. Uh, it was <coughs> unclear for the uh, the profile, but um, saying pre-match that he thinks Moffat should have started. And I thought it started. He's not played any competitive football before tonight for Celtic. Showing flashes in pre-season, Sheffield Wednesday, whatever. Showing some great stuff for the B team. You know, potentially a real prospect. But to throw him in out of nowhere to a pressure game like tonight, I think he could have been a seriously bad move. I questioned who he should have come on, who, who he should have started instead of. I get told Turnbull. Well, I cannot get on side that's, with that. Right? That's just that's what um, done there. So, uh, I, I don't fully discount his argument because... That's an actual position for Moffat where Montgomery was playing, and I know Montgomery hasn't been playing well there, so it might have been worth a throw the dice. But it's the fact that it's such a pressure cooker game, and you can set a boy back. Yeah, like I, that, you know, I, I could. I mean, all hell would have broke loose if Moffat was starting. To be honest with you, I, I think it'd have been a poor move and just putting too much pressure on his young shoulders. I'm glad he's got some game time tonight. Hey, listen, he's done okay. Yeah, he a couple of snapshots stuff, and yeah. different things. He'll take confidence and listen. Being in a dressing room and being part of the buzz of that comes with such a win. So good on him. Good to see it and, and hopefully he can kick on. Um, beyond that, we must talk about the Starfelt incident and the shocker. two incidents. You take a bang in the mouth, you take an elbow in the mouth or the nose or whatever it is, blood everywhere. Uh, there's a booking for you. How does that work Aye. in Scottish football? So you're obviously... <laughs> I mean, you saw a bit of the kind of lip reading the ref and what you were saying about it all. You're obviously angry that the referee's missed it first and foremost. You're bleeding. So it's an angering thing getting punched in the nose. It's happened only once or twice, maybe, but it's no fun. And it does kind I of. I know you've picked up a few silver medals, James. It does make you kind of. Yeah, we'll not get into that. Um, it does make you kind of angry. So, but he's frustrated at the shocking referee. And the referee's saying, the referee's saying, I didn't see it as we up the pitch as if it was an off the ball and it wasn't that it was, he wasn't watching yeah. was the boy White was it? I think it was Jordan White him. and it, it's a bit of a cute one from White he's coming back into him kind of coming down but he's moved his elbow back so I wonder where that goes compliance wise uh, to the next, the next couple of days but he's then on his backside he's angry he's, he's sworn either at the ref or you know just in, in being frustrated and he's booked him you can't book a guy when he's 
sitting on the floor with a potential broken nose. Yeah, he's got every right to be angry. You know, a guy swung an elbow in his face, and I listen, the compliance officer might deal with it, but it doesn't help Celtic now. <clears> you know, that was <clears> around about the 70th minute he's taken so, that one. So instead of being 20 minutes to go, 11 v 10, ultimately what's played out not long after this is we end up being the guys with 10 men. Now, we don't know what Starfelt said, so maybe maybe it wanted a yellow, but you know, the, the principle of the whole thing that, as you say, he's on the deck covered in blood, he picks up a yellow. What do you make of the second yellow? I'm going to give you my take just first of all. I think Alan Muir is a bit pissed off with Starfelt, yeah, whatever he I'll said. Show you. And he's went, let's see who's boss. Because I tell you what, what, what i seen, I think it was a foul by Starfelt on your man, the winger. Yeah. But it's just a foul and it's, it's just you move on. It happens all day long. Yeah. Five minutes after the, the sending off incident, there's a guy had his arms all over Turnbull, Turnbull pulled him back three two, three times. times. Yeah. No yellow card. Aye. Talk me through it. But that's it. You know, there's zero consistency there. And Starfield's second booking foul was a lot less. I think it was a boy Clark, Clark something. Uh, and he's, he's absolutely all over Turnbull. When Turnbull's trying to get a shot away, Turnbull's mm. on the edge of the 18-yard box, you know, in a very dangerous position potentially. So I think it is pure, I'm the gaffer here, referee. You know, and he's been, you know, taking a bit of snatch off his starfield and he said, I'll show you. Mm. See, even if he's if he's booked him harshly for foul language and see even if it was a booking for the second one, he's then maybe got to say, go and have a word with him and say, that's your last. Yeah, I thought that the right move, the calm move would be, right, Starfield, no more, that's your your last warning type thing. And I just thought he couldn't wait to get the red out. I actually didn't see his first booking. So when you, no, see, the, when yeah. you see the ref coming I'm across, checking, is he booked? there's a red yeah. in his, his left hand and a yell on his right. You're thinking, surely not. Anyway, it's just another poor decision amongst a number of poor decisions that's gone against Celtic. So as I say, rather than be a man up or a man down, and at that point, you're really huffing and puffing. Before the sending off, of course, Rogic came in for Beaton and gives you a bit more, bit more creativity, taking yeah, things in the half turn, looking to make things happen. But it didn't quite look like it was going to happen for him. We've had a number of, I don't know, half chances. I, I mentioned the Juranovic free kick. Uh, but at one point, Carter Vickers has ballooned one way, way over oh, the bar. And listen, there was still a good 10 minutes to go at that point. You're thinking, are we panicking so uh -huh. soon? What was your gut feeling? Was it not going to happen? Uh, no, I think I said just before the goal, I didn't say it was going to be Ralston, but I, I, I thought we'd have won in us because we were pushing, not in a very clinical fashion, but we were pushing. Um, I think Carl Vickers has thought, I scored against these guys a wee while ago with one of these shots, I'll have another goal from a kind of similar position, so fair enough. But if you're going to have goals like that in the last 10 minutes, get them on target. Yeah. Were you thinking, hashtag keep the faith, hashtag hail hail, hashtag never in doubt? You follow me on Twitter? <laughs> uh, I've got to be honest with you, I wasn't sure it was coming. Um, we were peppering them and different things, and at that point we were trying to turn the screw. So I watched on uh, Celtic TV, um, and <laughs> Jeremy Culloch's given his 94 minutes overtime. Turns out, obviously, but there's been much more than that. So I'm, when I see 94 on the clock, I'm thinking, we're absolutely done here. The players were in no hurry, uh -huh. though, to go direct, and I do think they should have shown... Listen. We're home and hose now, but I, I thought they should have shown a wee bit more something at that point. We didn't look like it was going to come. Uh, it's eventually worked its way out to Tom <laughs> Rogic, who isn't famed for his right foot. I think it's you know, he uses it now and then for the accelerator, going up and down stairs, but he doesn't usually do much with the football with it. And he's managed to just dig out across. Now, Ralston, I think he's gone about 12 feet high. Uh, how high he's leapt is incredible. And yeah. what a moment. It's pure desire. It's a goal of pure desire. He wants to be there more than anyone else, Ralston, and he is there, and he gets his head on. He's just really strong, really brave. Ah, just over the moon. Yeah. When I hit the net, I'm looking around, I'm going, 
but right, was the ref going to find? Are we offside? Is Ralston filled a guy? Has something happened? And I just took a wee second before I then let myself go because you've seen these things pulled back and it was just, you know, such a tense one. But it's a clean as a whistle jump and what a header. Yeah. And we've spoken about his heading. It's quite a throwback. You've talked it's about strong. it. He's quite old school, but he gets head and shoulders <clears> and he just gets the neck muscles into it. And it's it. a brilliant goal and so happy for him as a guy. Oh, absolutely over the moon. Um, especially just coming back from a, you know, a, a bit of a layoff and stuff like that as well. To go and score a goal in the 97th minute, to kind of, to second the ref that set your pal off as well, that's <laughs> part of it. Worth pointing out, that the ball ended up at Rogic from a kind of a corner. We got a corner from a guy who handled it in the box. It was a stone wall penalty and we weren't going to get that in the last minute. But mm. we got a corner, we got it to Rogic, we got our goal. Yeah. So the fans... Listen, I can't condone uh, pitch invasions, but why not kind of thing. Uh, tell me, did you see Joe Doyle and his brother Decky in the park? Very potentially. Yeah. Um, if I didn't see him, I know he was there. I'll be looking for the closely at the footage for that. But listen, the fans have gone well. I think just we know how important that is and every point's a prisoner. We've all come out with all the cliches of the day during the day and we've been talking to each other about the game and it really was all about getting up there and getting any sort of win. Obviously, we need to reference the fact that you called 2-1. Uh, if you remember correctly so uh, you seen this all coming did you? Just the most relaxed man in Scotland Yeah so how important could this now be? There's a couple of things at play of course so obviously we're now getting a, a cup final full of the buzz we might have a couple of guys back <coughs> we might have a uh, Kyogo back with a bit of luck we might have maybe Mikey Johnson not sure about Forrester I think Jota's obviously a bit further back but out with you know the guys will have back and we've now got you know three four days rest and I think rest and recovery is really important for the team at this moment in time given the the relentless fixtures but we should now be absolutely buzzing and looking forward to a final. Yeah, imagine going in the dressing room after you know scoring the last minute and stuff. It, the buzz, the momentum that comes with that, but also a wee bit of siege mentality. You know they tried to stop you and they did it anyway, and the team can use that to galvanise and move forward. Cup final, you know, just for the cup final alone. That's going to take you in on a high, but I'm thinking more about using this as your catalyst for the rest of the season. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to watching Andy's interview. It's probably taking place as we speak, but he, he had the gritted teeth at that final whistle. I think he knew there was a bit of nonsense going on. He knows, he loves adversity. I think he knows that he'd been, to an extent, written off and his team had been written off and we've come back. And listen, you you cannot buy character. You've either got it or you've not. Yeah. And uh, listen, Ralston epitomises that. Mm. I don't think many guys get past much for Celtic today in terms of their end no. quality. But in terms of just fighting to the end, Ralston's just scruffy the neck to it and said, listen, I'll, I'll show you how to do it. And he was he was absolutely buzzing. He led, he led the charge with the, oh, yeah. the chance at the yeah. final whistle. Um, yeah, so I mean, what do you think it means for the next few days, you know, in terms of how the players will be feeling about themselves and what it'll do? So listen, I always hark on about this now, but... We're now five games into nine games of December, but there's a tenth game, obviously, in the, the 2nd of January. We're halfway through this programme. Five wins out of five. Can we now propel onto Sunday and beyond? Sinky's clean sweep is still on. Yeah. Another game, another uh, step towards it. Uh, I think we can for Sunday. Uh, I think I think that takes us a long way towards Sunday tonight. And then if you can get a bit of silverware in the, in the trophy room, that, again itself takes you on for the, the next few games and then we get a break in the winter yeah I think so so what we'll do myself and James and a, a few of the rest of the guys we're at the cup final on Sunday we'll maybe do something a wee bit different we'll maybe record some stuff pre-match and stitch it all together across the day and uh, you know we'll report back hopefully uh, it's the first of, of many trophies for Ange and this team but in the meantime it's Celtic 2 Ross County 1 Tony Ralston you are my hero thanks for listening we'll see you again next time 
sponsored by 1010 Podcasts. Sports Social Podcast Network.